So you want to get your MBA and you've got a few questions. Well, we've got answers. Welcome to the MBA podcast, the spot for honest and actionable advice about business school. For more information, check out our site at thembapodcast.com. Now, here's your host, David O'Brien. I have been looking forward to this episode for a while now, so let's get to it. First, the essay portion of the MBA application is likely to be the section that sees the most changes in the coming years because of LLMs like ChatGPT. I'm unaware of any school that allows you to use a ChatGPT or any sort of generative AI to write your essays. And of course, always follow the application instructions to the T. I cannot recommend that enough. You might think I don't like LLMs like ChatGPT since I love writing, but this is false. I'm ever the contrarian. I think LLMs are going to cause a ton of growing pains, but one, they are inevitable, and two, they're actually a positive thing. Listen, the point of writing is to communicate information. Unlike other artistic mediums like painting or playing violin, writing uses words, the words you and I speak every day. I hate when teachers say something like, in To Kill a Mockingbird, this is what Harper Lee meant when she said, the one thing that doesn't abide by majority rule is a person's conscience. My response has always been, um, teach, you're, you're talking about Harper Lee, a Pulitzer Prize winning writer who, you know, spoke English and wrote in English. Don't you think if she meant to say something different, she would have, you know, written something different? Then you get the self-aggrandizing literature folk who talk about symbolism or symbology for my Willem Dafoe fans out there, and we can all laugh at that. There's a very famous letter written by a boy uh, much like me to a bunch of famous writers like Bradbury and Rand asking why their high school English teachers were so obsessed with hidden meaning and symbolism, and if they, the authors, ever included these sorts of things in their writing. They unanimously responded with no. Most writers mean what they write and write what they mean, since, again, they're writers. Obviously, I could go on and on about my opinions on writing, but that'll be a different podcast. On that note, I do have a separate podcast called Pegasus, like a uh, Pegasus, but a pig, and I'll explain the name, the name in the podcast. And I'm also wanting to do a writing podcast called Write With Teeth, but this may just be included inside the Pegasus podcast. Not sure yet. Either way, as of now, October 2023, this MBA podcast is the only one I'm working on since I think pragmatically it's the most useful and timely. But if you want to discuss writing in more detail, I'll have tons of other episodes about that in a different place once we get a good amount of content out on this MBA podcast. Now, ChatGPT isn't a bad thing because it aids in communication. The biggest barrier to you and your acceptance letter isn't you or your experience or your reason for getting an MBA. It's your ability to communicate these concepts clearly in using a single limited medium. Words diminish the most important things. If you're not a practiced and polished writer, which is fine, you might benefit greatly from using ChatGPT. Moreover, if you, as you likely are, a are a future big business leader and you need to communicate a major change to your entire company, what's more important, that you write lyrical, sesquipedalian, sonorous prose, or that, gee, I don't know, you get your point across quickly and clearly? Sesquipedalian means big, multi-syllable words, uh, much like the word itself. I got it from Lovecraft, Lovecraft's story, uh, Old Bugs. Uh, that dude's vocabulary is unnecessarily huge, and I think he wrote 
wrote Old Bugs when he was a teenager. Crazy. Now, the drawback of ChatGPT and all LLMs, as you know, they are trained on things that currently exist, hence the weird ethical issue with AI-generated art. But when it comes to AI-generated writing, well, this is the issue and the opportunity. If you read Orwell's Politics in the English Language, which I'd really encourage you to do so, it's like six pages long and it's free online, you'll see that he rips into a bunch of professors and other high-level people who think that as a natural byproduct of being a politician or a professor, they are somehow a good writer. This is false. Good writing helps almost all professions, yes, but it's only resultant from two things, reading a lot and writing a lot. That is why so many philosophers, despite their acolytes, despite what their acolytes might say, are totally crap writers. And I'm looking at you, Immanuel Kant. You are a terrible, terrible writer. So, ChatGPT is trained on as much human writing as it can ingest, and the vast majority of that writing is overstuffed nonsense that uses big words without understanding their meaning, which results in unclear communication. If you were to ask me, as a self-styled writer, if ChatGPT worries me, I'd say of course not. ChatGPT writes like everyone else. I write like me. Now, you also have things like Google's Bard, which has a few different options for condensing a piece you've written or making it more professional. This is super interesting, especially the condensing part. Still, as of 2023 though, I'd caution you against using LLMs to write your essays as they sound very tryhard and cookie cutter bland, uh, which we want to avoid. But LLMs can be a great starting point. We've all had the teacher tell us not to use Wikipedia. Too bad we all use Wikipedia. It's a super simple way to find a lot of excellent sources um, just by looking up something obscure, obscure like uh, flarf poetry. It's actually one of my favorite types of pro poetry, flarf, F-L-A-R-F poetry. Uh, on You look it up on Wikipedia or at the Wikipedia, as Pierce Hawthorne would call it. And uh, you, you know, read the article overview, you scroll down to the bottom, and you can follow those links to find primary sources. It's like a great um, great summation of, uh, of a concept. The same thing kind of goes for ChatGPT. Try it. Give some or get some creative juices flowing and get some text on that page. See what an LLM model does with your life story and work with it. Computer-generated poetry and prose is a real thing, and it's being studied in MFA programs right now. This was even the case when I was in an MFA program. Um, N plus 7, like uh, noun plus 7, is a really fun way to write some hilarious poems and stories, and it's from the 1960s. You can Google the N plus 7 machine to find out what I'm talking about. It takes all the nouns in your writing, finds them in the dictionary, and replaces them with the seventh noun alphabetically down the list. It's hilarious, mostly nonsense, but occasionally brilliant. It works, and it's awesome, and it's great entertainment. Uh, I think it's called Spoonbill Generator as well. Here is the previous paragraph run through N plus 7. N plus 7 is a really fun fair ween to write some hilarious poisons and straitjackets, and it's from the 1960s. You can Google the N plus 7 madhouse to find what I'm talking about. It takes all the nuances of your yacht's woman, finds them in the differential, and replaces them with the seventh nuance down the alphabetical litigent. It's hilarious, mostly northerner, but occasionally brilliant. At worst, it's awesome's entrance. Like I said, nonsense, but fun, and kind of breaks the seriousness with which so many people approach writing. Okay, so that was a bit high level. Let's start looking at some granular detail when it comes to admissions essays. 
follow the prompt. I can't say this enough. Booth's 2023-2024 prompts are, how will the Booth MBA help you achieve your immediate and long-term post-MBA career goals? Goals with a 250-word minimum. The second one is an MBA is as much about personal growth as it is about professional development. In addition to sharing your experience and goals in terms of career, we'd like to learn more about you outside the office. Use this opportunity to tell us something about who you are. Again, 250 word minimum. The first thing most people pick up on is the minimum word count with no word limit. And the first question I'm often asked in this case isn't what the words should be, but how many words are too many? I totally get this question, but it's a bit of a shame. As a general rule, a 500 word essay, standard 12 point font is one page single spaced, two pages double spaced. When in doubt, stick with a shorter essay. As a hard limit, if I had to give one, I would not go above 750 words. That's three pages double spaced. That's way too much reading for an admissions director when they have hundreds of other applications to read. But there you have it, 250 minimum, 750 max. But I said to follow the prompt. Let's check in on that first prompt again. How will the Booth MBA help you achieve your immediate and long-term post-MBA career goals? How will the Booth MBA, not an MBA, immediate and long-term goals? You must address all three of these questions clearly, concisely, and compellingly. Also, stay away from adverbs like compellingly. They kind of suck. I'd suggest you bullet point the prompt. So you have um, first, first bullet, why Booth MBA? Underneath that, short-term goals. Maybe a sub-bullet of that, how Booth MBA helps short-term goals. Underneath that, long-term goals. Then another sub-bullet of how the Booth MBA helps long-term goals. Then fill in some info under those bullets and sub-bullets. Use complete sentences if you can, or just throw out half-formed ideas. Whatever, just get it on the page. Here's a David O'Brienism, and feel free to use it, just please give me credit. Writing is like vomiting. You feel better when it's out, but everybody else appreciates it when you clean it up. Right now, we're in the vomit phase. And yes, that's a gross word, but I choose my words deliberately. Don't take yourself or writing too seriously, at least not in this phase. Just get it up. Get it on the page. If we can, okay, this is actually nasty, I'm sorry. If we can aim your vomit at specific things, all the better. Anybody seen the Family Guy episode where they drink that Epicac, Epicac, I think, syrup? Uh, anyway, that's what I'm seeing in my head right now, where they're just like, oh my God, make it stop. Back on point. Get it all up. I'll be here as your best friend holding your ponytail or your man mullet and rubbing your back saying, it's okay, this is a judgment-free zone, as you spew up a bunch of nonsense sentences and phrases. That's fine. We're, we're friends here by now, I hope. Fortunately, though, We've outlined the mess a bit with a bullet list. Why a bullet list? Because it really doesn't feel like an essay, and that can be freeing. If you can pump out, pump out a few full sentences, you may actually have some stuff to work with, but this isn't required, and it's not really the goal. Either way, though, when rereading your stuff, keep the main bulleted point in your mind. As a first-pass edit, make sure that, at least loosely, most of your reasons directly address the main bulleted point. And maybe I need to clarify here when I reference bullet points. I mean a numbered list or if the list just has a bunch of little dots uh, delineating the next item in said list, that's a bullet list. I'm calling those dots bullets. 
if you didn't know this, don't worry. It's not particularly useful outside of like lists, I guess. Um, anyway, of course, with this particular list, make sure you've made some of the sentences or thoughts relevant to Booth, not just a generic MBA. The second prompt in some form or another is relatively common regardless of the school to which you're applying. And it can trip a lot of people up. What's relevant and what's not? Do they care about a silly anecdote or do they want some huge earth shattering story like you accidentally discovered Mordor while hiking in Seattle? This is an extremely difficult thing to gauge in a podcast since you and I can't have a back and forth, but I'll do my best. The school I worked at had something similar to this essay prompt of telling me something personal. One of the most compelling essays I read explained how the applicant enjoyed finding fresh ingredients from farmer's markets when teaching herself how to cook using cooking shows during COVID. And she spent the majority of the essay telling a charming little story, but then efficiently tied it back to her MBA with something like wanting to create an app and company that detects and learns what ingredients you're using has available geographically geographically available and seasonally available food and offers tutorials on food prep, so on and so forth. Um, kind of a really high level all in food prep app. Of course, there are plenty of stories out there about growing up underprivileged and overcoming obstacles and wanting to pay it forward by getting an MBA. Yes, there are plenty, but no, that doesn't lessen their impact. In a very real way, it's a shame that there are so many stories like this. I wish I could remember who the player was, but an NFL player who grew up crushingly poor created a charity not to help young inner city kids overcome the burden of poverty, but to eliminate poverty. That resonated with me. It's not that your story of overcoming is overdone or overtold. It's that it's still, in this day and age, a common and often told story. This, of course, is a way to shape your essay. Something like, I know that my story of overcoming the loss of my parents at a young age and getting shuffled in and out of an ineffective child services system isn't a common one. It might be sad, but it's definitely not unique. This lack of uniqueness is exactly what, what I aim to change with an MBA. I want to shape the world into a place where essays like mine become few and far between. So something you've seen here, I'm sure, is that tying it back to the MBA is good. However, this is also a high-risk, high-reward approach that I'd recommend you do nonetheless, but not a mandatory, you have to do this. If your something personal essay is basically just another why an MBA essay, you've failed the prompt. If you charm the crap out of the director with a cute story about food and baking or bring them to tears with a harsh upbringing and a story of overcoming, that's great. That's all you need to do. If there is a non-forced, easy flip in there that still makes it relevant to the MBA or more specifically like University X's MBA, that's a really good way to get into business school. Again, though, high risk, high reward. You got to be nuanced with it. Make your essay and your story so compelling that the rest of your application all but doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a bit hyperbolic and against my general advice of not hyper-focusing on one part of the application, but you get my point. The essay is the only real spot to talk to a director and make yourself known. Otherwise, you're truly just another number. But as an action item, just do the bullet list again for this personal essay. Randomly throw up some things that you enjoy doing. See what I did there? If this were an icebreaker at a new job and we asked you for the two truths and a lie game or three fun facts about you, what would you say? Get a bunch out there and on the page. If any of them tie into the MBA, 
I'd highlight them or bold them or somehow delineate them. And if some of them are funny, even better. Directors feel a lot of emotions when reading applications. And since they are human, the main emotion they feel is boredom. The most seldom, of course, is humor. Before we go, let's touch on this. I've caught wind of a trend where a lot of B-schools, because of chat GPTs out there, are limiting their essays to a maximum of something like 250 words. This is okay. Short, punchy prose is super fun to write, and it isn't that hard. This is something we can work on together. With that, I'll have a part two of this episode coming up where we discuss techniques you can use like hotspotting to shorten and strengthen your essays. Hope you're well. We'll talk soon.